Welcome to Man Shopping with Stacy, the single mom's guide to happiness while dating. I'm your host, Stacy Weimer, and you're listening to episode seven. What kind of eggs do you like? In this episode, I'm going to expand on this revelation I found to be true. As traumatic and scary and hard as divorce is, it gives us a unique opportunity of aloneness. It gives us time to find out who we really are. And I'm going to challenge you in this episode with some thought-provoking questions. Question number one, how do we know what we're looking for in someone else if we don't know ourselves? Number two, do you want to know what the secret to meeting quality people online is? Number three, how do we balance our preferences with those who we are dating? As I said at the end of episode six, what kind of eggs do you like is taken from a scene from the movie Runaway Bride starring Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Now, if I were allowed to, I would play a soundbite from the movie. Unfortunately, there are laws against that, so I can't. So bear with me while my amateur acting and voiceover skills are put to the test here as I paraphrase the scene from the movie so you understand the context. So Richard Gere says to Julia Roberts, you're so lost, you don't even know what kind of eggs you like. Yes, yes, that's right. With the priest you wanted scrambled. With the deadhead, it was fried. The other guy, the bug guy, it was poached. Now it's like, oh, egg whites only. Julia Roberts chimes in. That is called changing your mind. Richard Gere says, no, it's called not having a mind of your own. Now, this is when I paraphrase. He insists to Julie Roberts that she doesn't want to go climb a mountain with the man she's about to get married. No, she's not into climbing mountains. She she chimes back in and insists that, yes, she does want to climb that mountain. That's exactly who she is. And he says, no, no, you don't. You want a man who will lead you down the beach with his hands over your eyes so that you can discover the feel of the sand under your feet. You want a man who wakes up at dawn, bursting to talk to you, who can't wait another minute to hear what it is that you have to say. Okay, I get it. Like, this is a romantic comedy. This is the stuff dreams are made of, what we all dream about. But does that strike a chord with you? It certainly does with me. There have been many times throughout my life in relationships with boys in high school, in college, in marriages, where I've kind of lost myself. I've kind of conformed to whomever I'm with. It's been this time period, the lull, since my separation, since my divorce, since I've been alone, that I'm rediscovering who Stacy is. So I'm going to share a story with you about the first man who I met on Bumble. So again, I have to preface this with the fact that he's in the book. He sure is. I lovingly refer to him as Detective Daniel. Now I call him Detective Daniel for a couple of different reasons, but one of them is because Detective Daniel was like an expert in question asking. He wanted to know who I was. He drilled me with questions, mainly in the form of texts as we were first getting to know one another. Now, I told you, this is the first man I met on Bumble. This was during my separation. I was not divorced yet. I had been living alone for six or seven months when I met him, and this was my first online experience. So I was just getting used to what this new world really looked like. And I was filled with apprehension and I didn't know what to expect. So he was, he was asking, you know, light questions. What's your favorite color? 
What do you like to watch on TV? What are your favorite movies? And deeper questions, you know, uh, surrounding my marriages, my relationship with my daughter, my career, my family, things, things of that nature. So some of the questions that I found hardest to answer should have been like free passes. What's your favorite movie? I mean, if you have to pause and think about that, it's like, what's been impactful on you? What, what have you enjoyed the most? So this is when it started occurring to me that myself and a lot of people kind of lose themselves during a marriage. And I think it's really normal. We accommodate our spouse and our kids and we might lose little pieces of ourselves along the way. We might forget what our passions and interests are. Um, And I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but boy, is it awesome to be able to rediscover all of those things that are individual and special just to us. So what do I mean by this? I'll, I'll use music as an example. How many of you change the music that you listen to when your children are in the car? I have. I have for for years and years and years. So when Lainey was little, oh my gosh, do any of you remember Kids Bop? They took pop songs and put it to the voices of children. (laughs) So, So you'd listen to like you know, Britney Spears toxic, but it's like a 12 year old singing it. So, I mean, I remember putting those CDs in my CD player in my car to make my, my little five-year-old happy back in the day. Uh, now I'm lucky that Lainey and I are both huge fans of Taylor Swift. We always have been. Lainey saw her perform and I'm on the um, American Music Awards or an awards show when she was little, and she instantly fell in love with her. And ever since then, we've been super fans. And quite frankly, like in my own mind, one of my goals is to be the Taylor Swift of podcasting. I tell it like it is, honest, truthful stories from my life, not set to music. And trust me, you don't want to hear me sing, but you get the correlation. So anyway, we spend most of our time together in the car listening to Taylor Swift because it's something that we both agree on and enjoy. But when I consider my own music, here's another example of something that happened to me after divorce. When I divided my phone, my cell phone plan from my, from my ex-husband and lost my library of music in Apple Music because we were on a family share plan, whenever I would go to the gym to listen to music, my, I had a blank slate. I had no music stored in a library because I had to buy a new family plan just for Lainey and I. So I had to build it back up again. And I got to tell you, It was fun. It was a freaking blast. But I seriously like racked my brain. Like, what do I like to listen to? So I went to some of my old standbys. I love Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. It reminds me of my cousin Mandy and I dancing to Uptown Girl together. I love the Bangles. I love Janet Jackson. Whitney Houston was my idol. The first record that I ever bought, my grandmother took me to Walmart in Sedalia, Missouri and offered to buy me a record. What did I choose? Tina Turner, Private Dancer. 
I can't even believe she let me buy it, but I loved it. So that's what I did. I started thinking back to different times in my lives. 90s rap, Bones by Thugs in Harmony. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That makes me feel good. I like listening to that music. So obviously, it's all varied and wide array, just like most of us who are in our 40s or older. We've, we have decades to draw from, from music that we love. I still love Dave. Dave Matthews Band. I loaded up on Dave Matthews Band. When I want to chill out, I listen to Mumford and Sons. You get my you get my idea though. Sexy music? Highly recommend Marion Hill. So I had fun. I had fun building my categories back up, building building my playlists, dividing them into, you know, different moods, my workout, the, the songs that I love the most, if I'm feeling down. We all do this, but what a great opportunity that I can do that all on my own. Things that matter to me. This, my friends, brings me joy. So music is my example of how our accommodations for our spouses and children can lead to kind of forgetting what we really enjoy. Now I'm going to move to a different topic. I've met a lot of people, in particular men, whose passions and side projects and talents are absolutely stifled and in some cases ridiculed by their spouses. What do I mean by this? How about the guy whose wife would not allow him to buy a motorcycle? Put her foot down. Hell no, you're not spending our money on a motorcycle. Wow, that happens. You know, that's a real example. How freaking fantastic is it for that guy now to have his own budget, to have his own time, to have his own resources, to be able to have fun on his bike on the weekends doing what he likes to do? How about when you're ridiculed? Because, I don't know, you have a band, you like to play the bass guitar with your buddies, and your wife is like, we've got better things to do around here, you have responsibilities, here's my honey-do list, you can't do that. That happens. Dreams are crushed, man. Do whatever you want. Get out there. Get back. Sit back at your piano and enjoy your own talents that God gave you. This is the time. This is the time to get back into what our dreams are, how we enjoy using our talents and skills. Think about all of the celebrities out there who have chosen to not be married. There are so many creative people. I'm going to use my favorite example. How about Martha Stewart? <laughs> now, I love to cook, to entertain, to bake, all of these things. And I tell everyone I am an early disciple of Martha Stewart. I have learned so many skills from her. And I have been so incredibly impressed at her marketing savvy and how she has built an empire on homemaking. Now, when you think of a traditional homemaker, I don't know about you, but I see a woman from the 1950s with a, you know, dress on and an apron and her hair pulled back serving her husband and her children. Not Martha Stewart. She's over there creating, a, you know, billions and billions of dollars of an empire as a single woman teaching 
the rest of us how to perfectly make a pie. I mean, that is really intriguing to me. Before I recorded this episode, I googled Ernest Hemingway. I had this idea in my mind that he must have been a single man because what I know of him is that he sat in bars alone a lot. He had a drinking issue and he spent his time in Key West, Florida. I just had this idea that he was like this philandering single guy. Well, I was kind of surprised and amused to find out that he's been married four times, or he was married four times. Think about how each of those different marriages, because the women were so captivating and interesting and successful and talented in their own rights. Think about the inspiration he drew from those four relationships. I mean, who are we to judge? Now I'm going to use myself as an example. Throughout my entire life, I have had this burning desire to do creative projects. My whole life, when I was married to Lainey's dad, I tried to write a book. After the divorce, again, I wanted to write a book. When I was in my second marriage, I started blogging. I wanted to share my love of cooking and baking with others. I wanted to share the stories of being a blended family and the challenges that we faced. I created a blog very late in our marriage at a very tumultuous time, and it went nowhere fast. Now, where am I today? In my alone time, I am making the most of every talent that God has given me. I'm sharing my voice in this podcast I'm transparently telling the culmination of all of the stories of my life. When I go to Instagram, I blog. I share with you photos that correspond with the, with the episodes that I talk about here. I also have created pins on Pinterest from my launch party, the pretty food that I made that I displayed for all of my guests who were lovingly supporting my podcast launch. Do you want to know how easy it is now? to create a pin and market yourself on Pinterest? It's insanely easy. When I was trying to blog a few years ago, it was very hard. It was very challenging. I'm not that technically inclined. Now, piece of cake. When I sit back and think about how my passions have changed my life over the past year, you guys, it's insane. It is insane that Everything I enjoy is all coming together. I'm writing a book. I'm doing this podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram sharing my stories. It's all come together for me. What a gift. What a gift at this alone time in my life that I can focus on me, on my ambitions. You guys, you can do it too. Everyone has talents. If you're a runner, get back out there. Start doing your 5Ks. Build up to your half marathon or your marathon if that's your thing. You'll connect with friends and community. Join a running club. You guys, I am the worst runner on the planet. God did not gift me with a set of lungs or long legs to, to stride well and run. I freaking hate running. I'm terrible at it. If you have a beautiful voice, please, please share it. 
Share it with your church. Share it at your local dive bar. Get out and do some damn karaoke. I swear to you, it will be just as life-changing for you as it has been for me. Diving into the million-dollar question, how do you meet quality people online? Hmm. The answer is simple, my friends. Be the kind of person you want to attract. I was at a happy hour the other night and we were talking about dating and I spoke up and I said, here's what I want to meet. I want to meet someone who's charismatic, who is a great dad and friend to others, who's ambitious and successful and kind. A woman across the table started belly laughing at me. She's like, good luck, honey. And I waited a minute and I said, you know what? I want to meet that kind of man because I am that kind of woman. You guys, that's not arrogant. That's the truth. I'm happy. I'm a good mom. I'm a good friend. I have a big personality. I have shit to share. (laughs) I have a great career. I love my job. I'm in a good place. I'm happy. I want to find someone else like that because I deserve that. You guys, you do too. If you want to meet a great person, be a great person. Do your best. Don't have a pity party. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't lose your confidence and your self-esteem. Easier said than done, right? It takes time. It, it takes time. Grant yourself some grace. Grant, some, grant yourself grace and time to evolve into the person you want to be. I have dated very little over the past eight months. I've gone on many first dates and very few second dates. It is in this alone time that I am back. Stacy is back. I have not felt like this, like confident and strong and having a, a very strong sense of self and who I am in a long time. And if you can't hear it in my voice, how great it feels then I just wish I could shake you right now because you can do it too. If I can do it, if I can come out of two tumultuous, traumatic, hard life experiences through divorce, and I can come back optimistic and happy and joyful and inspired, I promise you, you can too. You just have to take the time and have the desire and you do. So my other piece of advice of how to meet quality people online is to portray yourself exactly as you are. If you don't have honesty and integrity within your dating profile, don't be pissed when you find men that, don't, that, that are dishonest too, right? What do I mean by this? Don't deceive people. Don't post photos of yourself on Facebook or your Bumble app from 10 years ago. That's not fair. That's not who you are today. Do you really want to be that version of yourself anyway from 10 years ago? Now you may be saying, well, yeah, I was 50 pounds lighter 10 years ago. Hey, guess what? That's not fair either. It's not okay to post super filtered photos just from your neck up 
and then judge a man who's aging and bald and wears a hat and sunglasses in every photo. What do you, what are you trying to accomplish? That's my question. So where does that get you? If you connect with someone based on false images and then meet on a date and present yourself as who you are today, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think you're going to win them over with your personality if you've been lying about how successful you are in your career or what you look like? No. (laughs) You might be able to do that if you were on a blind date, win someone over with your personality. Yes, that's an opportunity. But if you have lied or posted false images, that person is going to think you're a liar. They are going to feel deceived. That is their first impression. That is not easily overcome. So here's my advice. Be proud of yourself and who you are today. Use recent photos. Use at least one full body photo. Use minimal filters. Be honest about your age, your career, your lifestyle. If you are trying to make a real connection and form a real bond with someone, give them the gift of honesty, because that's what you expect in return. And besides that, don't you want someone to know you as you really are? Now, if you're hearing my words of advice and it sounds scary to you, it's time for a gut check. I get it that we all have insecurities. I do too. Hear that, okay? I know that going on a dating app is scary. I know that showing our crow's feet when we're smiling in a photo or our stretch marks, you know, when we have a a skirt on or whatever it is, I get that. I'm not trying to sugarcoat the fact that, you know, everyone is bold, everyone is confident. But my message is more about being true to yourself, being honest in order to attract the same from a man, or if I'm speaking to a man, (laughs) a woman, if that's, if that's what you're looking for. So again, I think that you guys would probably agree with me in the fact that I want to find someone who loves me for me. I want to find someone who thinks I'm beautiful without makeup on, because I got to tell you, I wash my face every single night even if it's my first night in someone else's bed. If said man wakes up the next morning and doesn't like how my face looks, he is not my guy. So I'm going to move on to the last question. How do we balance our preferences with those who we are dating? As we are all finding ourselves, rediscovering ourselves after divorce, Later in life, we're dating. We kind of get stuck in our ways. (laughs) If you're like me, I have routines. I find comfort in schedules. We like what is familiar. But when we meet new people, we need to be open to exploring new things. Exploring new things and giving falsehoods about what we're really into are two different things though. So my advice is this. Someone asks you to do an outrageous activity that you've never done before. 
do it. If you have never gone hiking in the mountains and someone offers that up to you, I mean, what's the harm? If hiking isn't your thing, make it a short one, right? If someone offers to take you to listen to a band that you would never listen to because let's say you hate country music, something like that, be open-minded. Go along with it anyway. Why not? You may just find your new favorite thing, right? Now, in saying that, we could talk about food, restaurants, it's that thing that gets made fun of all the time in movies and TVs. What do you want for dinner? Uh, I don't know. What do you want for dinner? Right? Have an opinion. Speak up. But if someone offers you sushi and you're just flat out convinced you freaking hate sushi, go anyway. Go anyway. That's what you do for someone you like, right? It doesn't mean that you have to proclaim that sushi is your favorite food now. It's okay to not enjoy it. But give it a chance. That's what I'm saying. Because in return you can make them go to barbecue, right? Maybe, maybe they don't like barbecue. I don't know who doesn't like barbecue, but if they don't, be with someone willing to do the things that you like to, is my point. It's a balancing act and relationships should be balanced. And it's fun. It's fun to explore and do new things, eat different foods, expand your mind. You can be that person that says, you know, I once... I don't know about you, but I think it would be awesome to be able to say, in one weekend, I once smoked in a hookah lounge. Then I ate Ethiopian food and went hang gliding. We're on this world to explore, meet new people, create experiences for ourselves, keep an open mind. Okay, I'm going to tease one last topic. How about sex with someone new? Are you the type of person that puts it all out there and does crazy shit just to try to hook someone outside of your comfort zone, doing things that you don't even like to do because you're trying to be adventurous and show someone that you're willing to be daring and bold and crazy in bed? And then let's say it works. Let's say it works. How are you going to maintain that, huh? <laughs> How are you going to be that person for that person for the long haul? Right? You see my point? Like, just be you. Just be you. If it's not enough, if it's not sexy enough, if it's not kinky enough, if it's not crazy enough, they're not your person. And this goes both ways. <laughs> both ways. Yeah. I mean, if the opposite is true, and you feel like you're with someone who is less adventurous in bed, who you kind of have to hold back and don't get to explore your sexuality in the ways that you want to out of fear that you're going to intimidate them or it's, you know, um, it's going to turn them off. Maybe they're not your person. You know, that's a, that's a whole nother ball game trying to find an equal balance sexually later in life especially after marriage, when we all kind of tend to fall into some patterns and behaviors, trying to get on the same page with someone new can be really scary. So let's talk about that another time, huh? Oh boy, what's up next? I'm getting bold. Talk about getting outside of your comfort zone. I have a feeling this is going to be my most popular podcast yet. Episode 8, 
unfamiliar penises. I'm going to talk about all the things we're anxious about getting back out there after divorce. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of Man Shopping with Stacy. What kind of eggs do you like? I hope that you have found this episode to be helpful, to be inspirational, and maybe you'll share it with a friend. But if you did enjoy the show, if you could please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, download, subscribe, and give me a rating. It will help others to find us. 